Welcome to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross, and if I sound extra excited today, that's because I am. I think that this could be the most important Monday Match Analysis ever. And you're thinking to yourself, Gil, this isn't Wimbledon. This isn't the U.S. Open. How could this be the most important Monday Match Analysis ever? And that is because we are going to build the Hulk of tennis, the greatest tennis player that has ever graced the earth, only he hasn't graced the earth because he lives in our imagination. I have created 31 categories that build up a tennis player, and I have chosen a winner for all 31 categories. No duplicates. So 31 members of the ATP World Tour will have the honor on Monday Match Analysis of being selected as part of our Hulk tennis player. I don't know if you're following me, but I think you're going to get it really quickly. Uh, there are over overlaying categories like serve and forehand and mental and net game and even looks. And then there are subsets of the categories uh, that, that get a little bit more into the nitty gritty. Let's start with the serve. Every single point in the history of tennis has started with the serve. So let's start with the serve. Uh, so I'll read you first the subset of categories, and then we'll look into our winners. And we're actually going to get to watch a bit of tennis um, on this Monday Match Analysis, which is a little bit different than what we're used to. Uh, so the categories for serve is slice, flat, kick, and clutch. And for our first winner, it is the slice serve, and that is going to Gilles Mueller. So let's take a load, get a load of this slice serve. What is this, ladies and gentlemen? This is ridiculously good. I mean, come on. Look where the ball hits on the backstop. Gilles Mueller places his, his serve so well, but he has so much slider action. I mean, that ball moves three, maybe, maybe six feet away from his opponent, anywhere in between there. That serve in particular was probably closer to six feet. I think Gilles Mueller has the best slice serve in tennis. Our next category, the flat serve. I, I love this clip. This is a great clip, and it's going to Evo Karlovich. Look at him almost take Andy Roddick's head off. Roddick has to duck. Um, Evo is particularly good at flattening his serve out, and that's why I think that if you had a contest to see who could serve the hardest, and basically you tell the players, don't even bother trying to get it in. Uh, don't even bother trying to place the ball. Just try to put it in the middle of the box, and let's see who can serve the hardest. I have a hunch that Evo might be able to hit it the hardest. Uh, I'm not positive about that because that's not just that's just not how these guys serve. But I think that Evo would have a good shot in that. The kick serve, my favorite serve, a serve that you can use as a second serve as well as a first serve. So versatile, and it is the best all-around server in men's tennis who will have the honor of receiving uh, the award for best kick serve. That would be. Mr. John Isner, take a look at this serve off of one of the best returners of all time, Novak Djokovic. It doesn't matter. He can barely reach it. He can only stick his racket up and hit a measly lob return back. Look at this ball kick off the court. So tough to deal with if you're playing John Isner. Um, and then for our last category, clutchness. Very important. Down break point. Who can pull out that big serve? And and this was a tough one because Isner's so clutch. Uh, Federer statistically is so clutch. Uh, but 
I had to use John for the kick serve. I've used Roger Federer elsewhere. Um, so I went to Milos Raonic. Now, I don't have a video for clutch serving, uh, but I do have a fascinating stat here. I, I love this. This is so cool. Uh, ATPWorldTour.com has put together an under-pressure stat uh, that combines breakpoints converted, breakpoints saved, tie breaks won, and um, deciding sets won. And you see uh, Raonic has a nice standing on this list uh, coming in at number four. Everyone on this list, by the way, is used elsewhere um, in the Hulk. I called it the Hulk sheet. I've been working on it all week. It's been called the Hulk Sheet. I've had all my categories written out. I've brainstormed with some of the best tennis minds in the business. No, I'm just joking. But I have shared this document around, and um, I've gotten some, some input from multiple sources here. So I thank everyone who has contributed um, to uh, creating this Hulk tennis player, um, the greatest tennis player who has ever lived. Um, so let's just, we're going to debrief. After every category, we're going to debrief just so we can soak it in. So the serve, the slice goes to Mueller, the flat goes to Ivo Karlovic, the kick goes to John Isner, and the clutchness goes to Milos Raonic. Okay, after you serve, you got to move. It's time to move. So the next category is movement, and we start with footwork. And uh, for footwork, I think it is one of the most, I think it's probably the most important thing in tennis, at least the most underlooked thing in tennis. You can sit there and, and work on your technique all you want, but if you're not in the right place to hit the ball, you have no chance. Um, so I think that this is one of the most important categories, and because it's one of the most important categories, I am going to use one of the elite players in the sport, Roger Federer. Uh, get a load of this video and watch Roger Federer's footwork. Look at his attention to the split step and watch watch when he comes in. Watch his quick split step. It's so impressive because you got to close the net. You see the, the subtle split right there. Let's watch it one more time. First, watch him recover back here. He recovers back to get into a defensive position, plays the defensive shot, and now he'll try to work inside the court. Always working for position. Split step real quick, comes into the net, puts away the forehand swing volley. No one glides around the court like Roger Federer. It's enabled him uh, to take pressure off of his entire body. It's the most majestical thing that this sport has ever seen. Roger Federer's footwork. Uh, so he wins that category. Um, oh, I forgot to read off all of the subsets of movement, though. The, the subsets of movement are, and I think that uh, another word for this... Um, category could be athleticism. So footwork, strength, flexibility, and speed. It's, it's your, 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 your physical attributes. So I just told you footwork, Roger Federer, strength. I'm giving it to another Swiss player, Stan Wawrinka. I've watched Wawrinka um, courtside and I'll tell you what, uh, what I was, what I was so impressed with with was was really his strength from the back of the court off both wings. He hits shots that no one else can hit, kind of like Rafa Nadal, kind of like Dominic Team. Uh, Stan Wawrinka is the third guy. Those three guys are the strongest players on tour, in my opinion. Uh, take a look at Stan using his strength on this backhand. Who does that? Look at the position that he hits a one-handed backhand winner from, and he's moving backwards. Look at look at the angle that he has to take to this ball. He's moving backwards, and you're going to hit a winner down the line? Are you kidding me? That's not even fair. Stan Wawrinka um, gets the uh, the strength category. Um, the flexibility category, 
I think you guys know what's coming here, and there are a lot of options uh, for this guy. He has a very well-rounded game, uh, but when someone is is the most flexible player that we've ever seen on the court, and it not even and it's not even close, and he's able to use a a, a um, an kind of what am I gonna say? An intricate attribute, not an intricate attribute. I guess like. Flexibility doesn't come to mind as a major asset in tennis, but this player is able to make it a major asset in his tennis, in his defense. Uh, you guessed it, probably. It's Novak Djokovic. Uh, look at him sliding on the Wimbledon grass. I mean, nobody moves like this. Uh, this isn't even a thing. No one really slides on grass court uh, except for Novak Djokovic because nobody has the balance to do it. Um, and, and Novak actually wins this point. I believe he's playing Tomas Burdic. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, I know that that means nothing to you guys. You're just watching a sliding Novak Djokovic. But that's who he's playing. And he's able to to use his flexibility um, to defend in ways that we've never seen before. Uh, so flexibility goes to Novak. Speed. Uh, this is one of the more fun videos, I think. Um, I love this video. I'm not even going to say the winner. I'm just going to reveal it like this. It's Lamont. Look at this speed. How? How does he get to that ball? Unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen... This is one of my favorite videos on YouTube because you can really see the speed courtside. And, and just where the ball is dropping, you think he has no chance and somehow he, he pulls that shot out. And I guess he wins the point because he's celebrating. I'm not sure how he wins the point. Uh, but think about this. Imagine if a player had the footwork of Roger Federer, the strength of Stan Wawrinka, the flexibility of Novak Djokovic, um, and the speed of of Gael Monfi, uh, this this would be simply unfair. That is the movement. Um, I think one of my, uh, in my, you know, I'm always of the opinion that this is one of the most important things in tennis because look at this cast of characters um, in the movement. These guys are all um, elite players, all Grand Slam uh, champions, except for uh, Gael Monfi, who has, you know, other issues and holes in his game. Uh, but if you are an elite athlete in this sport, you have a great chance to succeed. Um, so that is the movement category. The next category, let's get to the groundies. Let's start hitting some groundies. Um, and we start with the forehand, um, slightly more important than the backhand. Uh, so that's why we will start with the forehand. There are four categories um, on this, cat, uh, in this, I don't know, whatever, these are subsets. There are four subsets in this category as well. Power, spin, consistency, and variety. We start with the power. This is another one. Uh, I'm not going to get cute. I think everybody knows who has the most powerful forehand in the world. And um, I'm going to show you a clip from a match I was at. And I still remember the sound that these running forehands were, were creating off of this man's racket. It is the one and only Juan Martin Del Potro. The 2009 U.S. Open final against Roger Federer running forehand winner. Uh, this was my first tennis match. This was the first tennis match I ever went to, and it has not been beat so far. I think that there is a chance that in my lifetime, I think I will see a better tennis match, but that will surely stay in my top three, uh, most likely forever, um, and it was my first one. So, so that was awesome, uh, but let's not make this about me. Let's make this about Del uh, Delpo. I think I need water. Juan Martín Del Potro, 
his ability to uh, flatten out the forehand and hit it um, triple digits, whether that be 105, 110, um, he crushes that forehand. Spin. There are a lot of spinny players in this sport. There's Jack Sock. There is Rafa Nadal, who gets the most spin. Uh, but for the spin category, I went with Kyle Edmund. I am not going to show you a video of uh, Kyle Edmund hitting a ball with a lot of topspin because that would be boring. Uh, but I do believe, and I could get the stat, I don't have the stat, but uh, my gut tells me that number one, most spinny forehand is Nadal. Number two is Jack Sock. I didn't use him here because I wanted to use him elsewhere. Um, and then number three, uh, Kyle Edmund, who, who is uh, steadily improving um, in his game, by the way. Consistency, a Spaniard, no surprise there. The Spanish player is so consistent. In this case, it's Roberto Bautista Agut. RBA as we like to call him, and, and once again, I will not show you a video of RBA getting forehands in the court, because you can watch plenty of that anytime, anytime you watch RBA play. Uh, variety, this is an interesting one. Um, I also don't have a video for this one. To me, forehand variety means that you can mix in the drop shot. It means when you're defending, uh, you know, maybe you can mix in the squash shot. It, but mostly, I think the most important thing is you can flatten it out or you can hit it very spinny for angles. Um, and one guy who can do that really well is Nick Kyrgios. He has such a good variation of spin on his forehand. Um, so uh, Kyrgios wins variety. Um, so let's take a look and recap this. Power, Del Potro, topspin, Kyle Edmund, consistency, RBA, and variety. Nick Kyrgios. Uh, let's go to the other wing now, the backhand wing. Once again, four subsets in this category. Uh, it three of them are the same, but one of them is different. Power, spin, topspin, consistency, um, and then the fourth category. Instead of variety, I just went with slice because the backhand slice um, is a pretty large part of uh, the the men's game and the women's game. But but right now we're uh, focusing on the men's game. Uh, the slice is obviously commonly used, so I think that that deserves its own category uh, for power. A couple of powerful backhands out there. One that comes to mind is Stan Wawrinka. We've already played a clip of Stan Wawrinka's powerful backhand, but we decided to use that for the strength category. For the backhand category, um, I am going to go with Dominic Thiem. Uh, check this one out. Um, against Sasha Zverev, an absolute laser. Jumping backwards, pretty much. I mean... His footwork right there, uh, I don't think a lot of coaches would be really happy with it. The whole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leap backwards and hit a flat backhand down the line. That's not in the game plan for most players. But for Dominic Team, he has so much power in that backhand that uh, it actually is in the game plan for him. Power is Dominic Team. Spin. Kane Shikori. Uh, he gets so many RPMs off of his backhand because... He, he uses his left wrist so well. I believe I talked about it uh, during Wimbledon because Juan Martin Del Potro is a guy who can't use his left wrist that well. So, so I use that as a contrast. Kane Ishikori, um, it doesn't matter how low the ball is. It doesn't matter where the ball is. He can put great RPM on his two-handed backhand, which is kind of rare. I feel like it, it's a little bit uh, more of a natural shot to hit a little bit flatter. Uh, but if you can get those RPMs on the ball, uh, that's a huge asset. So Kane Ishikori with the spin. The consistency, a man who uh, never misses an easy backhand seemingly, uh, it is Andy Murray. 
So another elite player there who I, I use on backhand consistency. Uh, a few places where I could have used Murray, especially in the defensive categories and in the uh, the movement, the physical categories. Murray has, uh, you know, he's such a great athlete, but I decided to use him here, backhand consistency. For the slice, I have um, a very, uh, a rather lower ranked player, a player outside of the top 50. Uh, but this is one of the videos that I am most excited to show you guys. Check out this backhand slice by... The Ukrainian, Alexander Dolgopolov. Are you kidding me with that? Look at this. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen really anything like this. The ball just floats in the air and basically skids off the baseline. Uh, Dolgopolov has a great slice, and I think... Um, it, you can see that this is, I guess, less vital to success because you have a lower-ranked player occupying this category. But I think it is possible that Dolgopolov has the best uh, backhand slice in the men's game. Feliciano Lopez also has a great slice, but he will be a part of our Hulk tennis player. I decided to use uh, Feli elsewhere. So that's the backhand. Um, and so now, right now, we've served, we've moved, we've hit forehands, we've hit backhands, we have done so in Hulk fashion. Uh, but if all else fails, we got to play some defense. Um, defense is the only category with only three subsets. We have backhand, forehand, and counterattack or uh, counterpunch, whichever term you'd like to use. On the backhand, we do have a video. Uh, this is a, a very young player, perhaps the youngest player um, in in our um, Hulk player. I'm trying to look and I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess I guess it, this this man would be the youngest player. So so that this is a huge honor um, for the man from South Korea, Hyun Chung, with uh, the. Award for backhand defense. Check this out. Novak Djokovic in the Australian Open. A match he won. His coming out party. Surely that's the winner, right? Nope. Surely that's the winner, right? Nope. Look at the defense by Chung. And Djokovic nets the forehand. We don't have to watch that uh, that again. Uh, but Chung, in that case, used the defensive slice backhand. But often... He's able to use the open stance backhand, uh, very effective, using the strength in his enormous legs. Um, and uh, so Chung, I think he will develop into uh, one of the best at defending his backhand wings. His backhand wing, that is, because there's only one of them. Uh, forehand defense, we're going to give that one to the Argentine, Diego Schwartzman. No video. Uh, my apologies for that. To any uh, diehard Diego Schwartzman fans out there, I am a big fan of Schwartzman, um, but no video there. Um, and then the third category is uh, counterattack. So who's a guy who is great at turning defense into offense? And a lot of players are really good at this, but I pick. I chose one player. Um, another lower-ranked player. I chose one player who kind of makes a living out of this. This is perhaps his best asset. And while counterattacking is a, a last-ditch tactic, it's not a tactic you want to rely on. This man is so good at it that he's actually able to rely on it. It is Gilles Simon. Check out him um, against Rafa Nadal using the counterattack forehand on the dead run, flattening it out. Um, basically... 
if you're able to use the counterattack when players try to take the offense, they do bring themselves out of position. And that's when Jills Mueller is able to capitalize offensively. Uh, I said Mueller, didn't I? I meant Simone. Um, Simone isn't that good at creating that much offense from the middle of the court. But uh, when you give him a lot of pace, when you put him on the run, when you give him an angle, uh, that's when he's able to, to really use his offensive repertoire. Um, so defense, little recap here. Did I forget to recap the backhand? Oh, no. Power, Dominic Team, Topspin, Kane Shikori, Consistency, Andy Murray, Slice, Alexander Dolgopolov. Could you imagine? Could you imagine this backhand? Unbelievable. Um, and then defense. Hyun Chung on the backhand wing. Schwartzy on the forehand wing. And the Frenchman, uh, Gilles Simon, on the counterpunch. Okay. Now, we're getting to the nitty-gritty a little bit. The net game has become less and less important in the modern sport. I might need to go down the rankings to find the best volleyers in men's tennis right now. Um, and that I did. Very evident by our first subset. There are four subsets in this one. Serve volley, backhand volley, forehand volley, and net coverage. The first one, serve volley. I believe this is the lowest ranked player um, on our list it is the man from Australia, Matthew Ebden, um, one of the one of the the rare serving volleyers left on tour. Uh, it, it it's a breed that could very well be extinct in maybe ten years, but uh, for now we have a few of them. Um, a few of them might be coming up a little bit later on this list of net game players. Um, but we move along to the backhand, and we have Feliciano Lopez, Feli as we like to call him. And we do have a video for uh, for Lopez. Look at that one. Not getting to that, are you? Slicing and dicing the backhand volley. A thing of beauty uh, by, by Feliciano. Um, his backhand volley has always stood out to me. In fact, I don't really think about him as a backhand, as a drop volley guy. I think of him as a dude who's so good at sticking that backhand volley. Um, but in that case, we have a beautiful drop volley. He can do both. And then... For our forehand volley. Um, this is my favorite video, I think, that I found. Uh, I went on YouTube for all, for all of these, um, for at least for all of them that I wanted to show a video. And, and I, I tried to find, um, you know, the best videos. And, and this is the best thing that I found right here. In the red shirt is Jack Sock. Look at that stick volley on the forehand side. I mean... He looks dead in the water, but he sticks it out. Unbelievable. And this is a fun fact. You may not know this, but Jack Sock being included in our Hulk tennis player is actually the the his greatest achievement in 2018. He has not done anything better. I'm sorry, Jack. That was mean. That was very mean. Uh, but in all seriousness... Jack Sock, for as much as he struggled in uh, singles, continues to kill it in doubles. And he may not get as much attention, but he's getting the prize money. So um, J Jack Sock right now playing with, who got injured? Mike or Bob? Um, did Mike? Anyway, one of the Bryans got injured. I should really know that. Uh, but Jack Sock is playing 
with uh, the healthy Brian right now. Um, he's he's had some great results with Vasic Pospisil. Um, he's had some great results with uh, Stevie Johnson. Uh, Jack Sock, a tremendous doubles player. Um, so he gets my nod for forehand volley. And then net coverage. This is interesting uh, because this was kind of a, this was a tough one for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I went with the right guy. And that is Misha Zverev. He's so comfortable at net. His movement and footwork at the net is so good. Uh, he has a great feel for it, um, as evident on, on this video. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this video, actually. Uh, take a look at Misha Zverev's net coverage here. Um, covering both ends. Hits a backhand volley on the stretch. Hits a forehand volley on the stretch. The fantastic lefty man who beat... Um, Andy Murray um, at the Aussie Open two years ago uh, with his serve volley tactics and um, his his uh, frequent chip and charges. Uh, he is a rare breed, uh, Misha Zverev, uh, but certainly uh, probably covers the net better than anyone in the sport at the moment. Uh, there's no one really tall, though. I mean, I was trying to, I was looking through the rankings and I'm thinking there's probably going to be someone tall here, uh, but Misha Zverev stands at six foot three, shorter than his brother Sasha, uh, who will be included in our Hulk tennis player, don't you worry. Uh, but Misha, not very tall, but because of his feel for things, uh, he probably has the best coverage. So let's recap uh, the net game. Becoming a lost art, unfortunately. Serve volley, Matthew Ebden. Backhand volley, Feliciano Lopez. Forehand volley, the Soxter, Jack Sock. And net coverage, uh, Misha Z, Misha Zverev. Okay. This next one, it shouldn't be too low, I'll tell you what. Because tennis is a very mental sport. Um, so I really think that this should be higher up. Uh, but we're going to get to it. Uh, this is our mental category. Four subsets. Grittiness positivity, shot selection, and nerves. So nerve management is really what I mean by that um, for the grit category. And I'll tell you what, this is so important. Uh, the ability to suffer, the ability to try um, as hard as you can to, to give 100% effort on every single point, point in and point out, no matter the scoreboard, only one man can win this award. I mean, come on. It is Rafael Nadal, um, and we remind ourselves of some of the brilliant matches that, that we, we saw Nadal take part in uh, in this year's Wimbledon. This was a moment from the match with Juan Martin Del Potro where Rafa wants to get to the ball so bad he winds up in the stands. Um, that is dedication. Surely, surely, uh, rather, um, if, the, if the court was a little bit bigger, Rafa would have gotten to that ball. Uh, he was in the full sprint. Um, he, he did have to slow up at the end, but this is the kind of hunger that Rafa shows on each point. Many players would have given up on that ball and not risked injury, uh, but that is just not in Rafa's DNA. He tries so hard in every point. And, you know, for some, you might be thinking, is that really where you're using Rafa effort? That sounds like an insult. Believe me, it's not. It is so hard to play a player who tries, who, who gives 100% effort. On every single point it's so difficult um, and it's it's something that certainly uh, plays a big part in what makes Rafa great positivity come on Kevin come on Kevin come on come on come on enough said Kevin Anderson um, certainly deserves the award for most positive player he is so positive it can get annoying um, and that is saying something so Kevin Anderson ka uh, wins the positivity um, award and uh, shot selection this is one I love. I love I love point construction. 
and nobody has a better feel for it than David Gaffan. Uh, he is constantly constructing the point in in you know he just has a a flawless vision for every point and every shot hits every shot with intention. Uh, he's able to to put a lot of pressure on his opponent, get them out of position, just never hitting a dumb shot. So I feel like Gaffan uh, has possibly. Uh, some of the best shot selection in the men's game. Uh, the elite players, though, all have great shot selection as well. Um, we saw we saw a lot of great shot selection. Let, let's just be real. Like when Djokovic plays Nadal, for example, we rarely see poor shot selection um, out of, out of that matchup. Then you got guys like Federer. Any any shot doesn't matter. Just hit hit whatever you want. That's fine shot selection. Um, and then lastly, we have nerves. And uh, this nerves thing was pretty tough. Two guys who I think have great nerve management, I don't see them get uh, very nervous, is Juan Martín del Potro and Stan Wawrinka. But um, I had to I, I had to use them elsewhere. So I'm thinking, you know, who's a dude who's really a gamer? And it's a little bit early, early in this guy's career, uh, but I have spoken in the past on Monday Match Analysis about how much I love this guy's mental. So I gave nerves to the young Croatian Borna Cioric. Uh, I think that this is going to be possibly he has the makeup of a guy uh, like a Stan Vavrinka who who's really has a knack for showing up in big matches. Vavrinka, Del Potro, uh, two guys really show up when it counts because they have great nerve management and because they are absolute ballers and absolute gamers. So Borna Chorich with nerves. Let's take a look at our mental just so we can take everything in. Grittiness, Rafa Nadal, positivity, Kevin Anderson. Shot selection, David Gaffan, and nerves, Borna Chorich. Okay, we have one more category. We have four more subsets, and this is a very important category, okay? Uh, some people could sleep on how a tennis player looks, but it is indeed very important. I need a drink before we get to this category. This is the look. You need the look. You may have the game, but if you don't have the look... You know, how good are you, really, is, is my question. Um, so we start with uh, handsomeness. And I was once at the U.S. Open, and I saw a sign in the crowd. It was at Grandstand, and it said, Verdasco, hot as Tabasco. That is him uh, modeling for Calvin Klein. And uh, what else can be said? I mean, are any other players modeling for Calvin Klein? I don't think so. Actually, that's not true. See, I'm going to get mad Rafa fans now because I believe Rafa has done some photo shoots. No, for Tommy Hilfiger. Rafa has done modeling for Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, but let's just take a look, another look at Fernando uh, modeling for Calvin Klein. Um, he gets handsomeness. Um, swag. You need swag. And there's only one right answer here. There's actually not. Um, I did think hard about this, but... Um, you got to go with the man who wears 14 chains on his neck. Sasha Zverev. How many chains is that? One, two, three, four chains for Sasha Zverev. He walks around the court really like he owns it, though. Uh, I do like his swag. He's got a lot of it. Um, and uh, he's also very well-dressed. But um, our category for clothes, and I'm talking tennis clothes, not off-the-court clothes, uh, because uh, Sasha might win off-the-court uh, clothing. Uh, but for on-the-court clothing, I'm going to go with a guy who's not willing to take, who, who uh, is willing, rather. He's willing to take some risks. Um, he does wear a headband, which is very necessary. He wears a wristband on both wrists, absolutely necessary. He wears the high socks. We are going with Fabio Fanini. There he is, folks. 
I have no idea what brand of clothing that is. Uh, I know uh, like Simone uh, Bellelli wears that. So I, I'm assuming that it is maybe an Italian brand, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure what that is. All I know is uh, Fabio Fanini has been rewarded with uh, the Hulk Tennis Players clothing brand. So that is, uh, that is I'm sure, an honor for Fanini, uh, one, of the, one of the best off-the-court players in tennis. And then, after our Hulk player wins the match, and of course he will win every match for, the hist in, you know, for as long as he gets too bored and needs to retire, you got to celebrate after the match. Who has the best post-match celebration? And we go back to video here, and we give it to Joe Wilfred Sanga doing a little dance, and here it goes, folks. The best post-match celebration, Joe Wilfred Sanga. Let's go. Come on. Vamos. Ale. Come on. That is um, the end of, uh, of Monday Match Analysis today, and I hope you enjoyed this creation of the greatest tennis player of all time, um, the Hulk tennis player. Uh, this player is unstoppable. Uh, this player is the best of the best in every other single category. Uh, but in all seriousness, this was a fun one. Um, and uh, I, I just kind of wanted to do this um, basically because I've been thinking about this for a long time. And let's be real, uh, the tournaments last week, post-Wimbledon, not the greatest. Uh, so here we are. I hope this episode of Monday Match Analysis uh, lives in forever um, in uh, for, for uh, an eternity. And our Hulk tennis player also lives forever in eternity. Just before I close the show, I just forgot about this. Uh, we did not give the player um, a name. And I don't want to think of the name off the top of my head because surely uh, this stuff takes a lot of brainstorming and I won't think of the best name. So in the comments, this is another thing I'm going to ask of you. Uh, what should we name this player? Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time.